You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Come on, today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Declare it! Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word, so I will become more like Jesus every day. Proclaim it! Today, that I proclaim that I am God's beloved. I am God's servant. I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Sing to the word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon. Stop complaining, start celebrating. Let me say that again. Take it. Wow. Stop complaining, start celebrating. Hawakan ng kamay ng katabi or shoulder kung hindi mo kakilala. Sabi mo sa kanyang friend, family. Stop complaining, start celebrating. One more time. Stop complaining. Start celebrating one last time. <laughs> in the wilderness, we are in the series of wilderness, the book of Numbers we're discussing. And in the wilderness that we know, wilderness is a dangerous place. It's where things do not thrive or survive. Wilderness is something that is unfamiliar, not within your territory. And I kid you not, guilty ako din. That sometimes when I feel and I sense that I am in the wilderness, I have a bit of complaining. Sometimes it's not obvious. But sometimes in my mind, in my heart, ano ba yung? Let's go macro first. This is the time where the Egypt, in Israelites got out of Egypt. They spent 400 years in slavery. God got them out with Moses. The whole Israelite nation from slaves are now free. They're celebrating. They crossed the Red Sea. Yeah! But they started complaining. And after God rescued them from Egypt, they started complaining. And then eventually, got better again. They had a pit stop in Mount Sinai. That's where the Leviticus series was all about. It was just a pit stop. It was a timeout and God was working in them. And not, not just not moving forward until God had a purpose for them. And that stopover lasted for a year. And then now we go to the book of Numbers where the chapters 1 to 10 was there about and preparing to leave Mount Sinai. That, was, that is what we have been discussing the past few weeks. Today, 
from Numbers 11 moving forward, you'll see about their next steps in back into the wilderness, going to the promised land. Are you with me? So, three days only after leaving Mount Sinai, where God performed miracles, where God showed them again great things, three days they got out. And here's the passage. I want you to read it with me from Numbers 11, verse 1. Soon, the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them, and He sent a fire to rage among them, and He destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. Continue. Then the foreign rabble who, tra who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat... They exclaimed, We remember the fish we used to eat free of charge in Egypt. And we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. But now, our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. This is not the first time that they complained. Man has been with them ever since they got out of Egypt. And, and, you know, they're like in a grumbler's association. Yes, they're like, you know, they need to be in grumbler's anonymous. So, so it, it, it has become their national pastime. Parang chismis ngayon. It is very contagious because to be fair, if you read it, it didn't start with an Israelite. It said it started with a foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites. And who they are? They were Egyptians who went for the ride with them. Sumama, nakisama, sumabet. But it started with somebody who not within them. An unbeliever. Different culture. What happened? Nahawa sila dun. The foreign rebels started complaining. And then they were like, Yeah, unga, unga. Unga. Unga, hindi ganun. Bakit ganyan? So here's the lesson, my dear friends. Are you ready for a lesson? Be careful with the conversations you join. Be careful with the conversations, with the chat groups that you join. With the Facebook groups, with the Viber groups, kung saan man, sa mga kasamahan mo dyan, sa office, o sa kanto, o saan man. Be careful. You be careful with the company that you choose, the values that are there, the, the conversations with the, you know, even the media conversations that you consume, where we're, we're more malleable and impressionable than we think we are. My dear friends, minsan talaga, mapapaalalahanan tayo that sometimes this is a sin <laughs> that complaining is not gonna be helpful for you. Test it. Today is uh, 9.26 a.m. How many times did you complain already in your mind? Think about it. Pagkagising, ay, ang init. <laughs> Diba? Ay, kahit nasa loob na ng aliyo, ang init pa rin. 
ayaw lang parking. Meron naman, malayo-layo lang. Sa tapat, meron. Dami, actually. Dami, di ba? So, ay, you know, complaining is contagious. Can you say that with me? So, please, I need to say a little bit more about this because it's not just, you know, all complaining is bad. No, 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 no. When there is holy discontent and it's something wrong that you need to correct, then go for it. But I'm talking about the killer of your joy, of just complaining with everything that you have. You have to be real with God, yeah? You have to be really real with God when you are complaining. Let Him be the one to hear and solve your complaints. But but wag ka namang homo no ibang tao. If you see it actually in the Bible, in Psalms it says, I, in Psalms 142 it says, I pour out my complaints before Him and tell Him all my troubles. Can you read it with me? I pour out my complaints before Him and tell Him of all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. That's holy complaining. And you alone, not you and you and you. Let Him, let Him hear you. What is the complaining that we see in Numbers? In Numbers, we see a chronic set of complaining and complainers fueled by a rebellious spirit and a lack of trust in God. Nilabas na kayo from oppression and slavery, went through the Red Sea, very miraculous, given with everything that you have, and after the pit stop, you're going out. Three days after, you're already complaining. Hindi pa ba enough ang ginawa ni Lord sa buhay ninyo to tell you that He is in charge and He knows what is best for you, that you will have everything that you need, but not in your perfect time and in your perfect way, but His. It's a lack of trust. And guys, the question today is, what is your default setting? Our minds have default settings. Our minds have default settings. And, and our thinking is complain. Our thinking is, is through our wiring. And we have habits. Everybody say habits. Today, I want to leave you by having these two modes, are you complaining or are you celebrating? Today, I want you to switch. Everybody say switch. I want you to switch your default setting from being complaining so much to celebrating more. And psychologist Angela Grice tells you, a speech-language pathologist specializing in neurocognition in the Columbia University, it says that the more that you do something, the more entrenched that path becomes in your brain, rewiring. And the more you continue to do it, the more it becomes you. And in other words, we switch through repetition. Through repetition. Guys, <clears throat> I've been attending the feast in church for so long, 2008, when we still started it in Feast Makati, this and that. I have been doing this on a weekly basis, and somehow, somewhere, God is good. It's nag it, switch naman. Minsan bumabalik ako. But it switches. Eh. I, I encourage you that spend more time with people who have that better default setting than you. So it, and, and, and be that better person in, in, in dark places, in dark conversations. Please, please be the one who will talk sense to everybody. Because I believe that we are not just surviving 
But I believe that God is throwing a party for us, an abundance, 24 hours a day. And in this feast of abundance, we are satisfied. We have God's buffet of blessings everywhere around us, in front of you actually. It's just that, baka hindi mo siya gusto. Baka hindi mo napapansin na yung mga tao sa paligid mo na siniset up ni Lord sa'yo is already for you, not against you. Baka yung trabaho mo is one of the best jobs that you could ever have, but you still don't see that it's God's provision for you. O baka yung special someone mo, inasawa mo na nga, after three days, uh, after three years, you are starting to complain. What is your default setting? Default complainers are, are, are blind to the abundance around them. Please, please, please. I'm going to give you three messages today, not me. I'm just going to give you one. Is that okay? Are you still okay? Yes. Message number one don't crave for what's predictable, trust God instead. Let me say that again. Don't crave for what's predictable. Trust God instead. Pakisabi ulit. Don't crave for what is predictable. Trust God instead. Let's read it again. Let's read the key passage again. I'm going to highlight one word. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave. Everybody say crave. Crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. It was a foreigner who complained about what they created for Egypt. Default setting, Egyptian, Egypt food, Egypt stuff. And then the others, oh, nga. They began to complain too. Oh, for some meat. In Tagalog, oh, konting laman naman siya. We remember the fish for free. We had the cucumbers, melons, onions, lick, the garlic we wanted. And now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. The author of Numbers is putting us back to the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. Wherein first it was a food problem again. <laughs> you know, the, the, the fruit of the tree of knowledge. And, and second, the Hebrew word for crave. Everybody say crave. The Hebrew word for crave is the same word used when Eve desired for the fruit, for the forbidden fruit. And, and by, by, the, by longing their former life, even if their life was that horrible, you were slaves, they were, repeat, they were repeating the, 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 the first fall and they were redefining again for them, what is good and what is bad. And somehow, those little pleasures, the meat, the onions, the garlic, made them forget what they just escaped from and made them forget the breakthroughs, the miracles that God has done in their life. And they got themselves out of a dehumanizing human slavery. It's just because of those little pressures in life. Guys, lesson, we do that too. We forgot that God healed us, healed our relationships, healed and broke through just because a little traffic, just because your child is not following you, just because the news is telling you bad things are happening. Guys, I want you to look at your lens again. Today, are you looking at paradise? 
Or are you living in purgatory? It's your choice. Are you going to be ending this talk and ending this feast still complaining? Or default setting switches to more celebrating than ever before? Guys, we, we always say that, oh, in the good old days. Well, for me, the good old days is still ongoing. It's not what happened before. It is what will still be happening because my faith believes that abundance is still on the way. Healing is still on the way. Breakthroughs are still on the way. Greater things are yet on the way. What has been in the past is already in the past. The slavery, the chains will be broken and will continuously be broken because my faith believes that I will not go back to the predictability of slavery. I will keep moving forward to the unpredictable places, to the unpredictable grace where only God is only certain. My homing instinct is not complaining. Say that again, Didoy. Let's do that homing instinct from complaining to celebrating. And I want you to take a pause as we end and move to the second preacher. Can you close your eyes for a while? And just, I asked you earlier, how many times have you complained for today? How many times have you noticed bad things? How many times have you noticed the irritation that you feel and you see in your life? But now, in this moment, I want you to recognize and switch that we do not live for bread alone, we do not live for comfort and convenience alone. But we live for the Word of God. I want you to thank God. Literally, figuratively, thank God today. Thank God for His blessings, His breakthroughs, the big and the small, for the people that He sends our way, that we are still alive. And we still have a feast that, yes, you are working. You're not leaving us alone, Lord. Grow your gratitude today and focus. We focus on you, Lord. You are our home. And our homing instinct is to run back to you. We are secured, we are hopeful. We are able, nothing is impossible with you as our home. And that is you, Lord, that we celebrate today. That hope, that moving from complaining to celebrating again and again and again and again. Now, until forever. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give the Lord a big, big hand, everybody. Let's sing. Everybody, your turn. Love the Lord today, everybody. Give the Lord His praise. Thank you, Lord. Great things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Take your seats. As you take your seats, say to the person beside you, stop complaining. Start celebrating. Big, big hand, please, to Brother Odi Villaraza.
Raise your hand if you believe that this message is for you. That you need to stop complaining and you need to start celebrating. I want you to, I want you to appreciate the story for a few moments of what we just read and where we are in our story in, in the book of Numbers. Didoy just read how, um, I don't have the verse here because he preached it, about how these foreign, foreigners started complaining, this foreign rabble. They were the ones who, who initiated the, uh, the complaint about how they were just eating manna. And I found that so funny when I was reading it because it was, it's just like us. You know those moments when okay ka naman, tapos wala namang problema, pero dahil may nag-complain, ginatungan mo, sinakyan mo, kasi may nag-complain na, so sasakyan, sasakyan ko na rin. Yun yung situation. The situation was everything was going good until these foreigners, Egyptians, who were in that journey with the Israelites, they were the ones who started complaining. And then the Israelites also jumped on board. So this is where they are. I'll give you message number two, okay? Message number two is this. Reject the poison of entitlement by nurturing appreciation. Intro pa lang, nosebleed na. Lalim nun, ba? Reject the poison of entitlement by nurturing appreciation. Let me explain this by walking you back to what's happening. Because not too long ago, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. You know the story. We walked through you, through, through, with them through the desert. They were slaves in Egypt. They're, they were in bondage. They were not free. And they were suffering until God made a way. Praise God for Him. He made a way for the Israelites to be freed. Now they're okay as a nation. That's why it kind of makes you wonder, how can a nation so blessed and so loved by God still find reasons to complain? And then I thought about it. Hey, this is actually who we are as well. You are so loved by God. You are so blessed by God. But yet you still have reasons to complain. Yes? It's actually okay to complain. It's a healthy thing to complain. Because it's, it's part of our human nature to complain. The problem is this. Is that the Israelites, they kept on crying out to Moses. It says in verse uh, verse 2 of chapter 11. Then the people screamed to Moses for help. And when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. So nonstop, they would complain to Moses. Occasionally, they would complain to God. But here's the problem, okay? They would complain to Moses. They would complain to God. But they wanted their solution to come from Egypt, from Pharaoh. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to Pharaoh because they said life was better in Egypt. In Egypt, we could eat meat. We could eat leeks. We could eat garlic. You know what this looks like? This looks like the time that you had a big problem and then when you went to that friend of yours, that very, very good friend of yours, but because that friend of your, yours could not give you the solution right away, you went back to your ex, the person who hurt you the most, the person who abused you, the person who used you. This is what it looks like. You run to people who actually hurt you. How many of you know that just because you're thirsty, you're not supposed to drink poison? Yes? Just because you're lonely, it doesn't mean that you need to reconnect with toxic people. Is this preaching to anybody here? Come on, talk to me. Is that you? Just, that just because you're in a bad spot, you're running to the people who were very toxic to you. And, and, and now you're in that position. You're complaining. And you're complaining. It's not wrong to complain. The problem is that when you keep on complaining to people who really don't have the solution, that's where the problem is. Did you know that you can complain to God directly? Job in the Bible 
Job was a man of God. He loved God. But when his life turned around, what did he do? He started complaining directly to God. The moment you start complaining to God, it opens up a dialogue. You start having conversations with the Lord and little by little, you realize that you can actually trust God. So that's what happens when you complain. But one thing that I found so funny about this whole story is this, is that the number one chief complaint of the Israelites was this. Get this. It, it's in verse 6. It says, All we ever see is this manna. That was their complaint. What was manna? Manna was bread from heaven. So they were complaining. All we ever see is this manna. Never mind the fact that manna was the one that was sustaining them in the desert. Never mind the fact that manna was something that they did not have to work for. Never mind the fact that manna was the one that was strengthening their bodies and that God would send it to them. But why were they complaining about manna? Do you have people in your life who are like that who would always find reasons to complain about something? But if you were in their position, you would probably praising God for that. I remember I had a friend in college who, uh, uh, he, he, he was complaining about this very silly thing. He, he had a very rich family, so they could afford certain things that other people, common people like us, could not afford. In college, she was already driving this very fancy sports car, a BMW Z3. You remember that car? It looked like it was driven by Bruce Wayne. It was so cool. So he, he, was, he was complaining how he wanted a different color. And, and if he had it his way, he, could, he, he would buy a different model altogether. And he just kept on complaining and complaining to me until finally I got, I got tired and I said to him, you want to trade cars for just a week because our cars are more or less the same? You know, it's, it's similar. So you trade your BMW Z3 for my Honda ZT. <laughs> After that time, he stopped complaining. I tell you, he stopped complaining. It's funny how your complaining attitude will stop and will change the moment you realize that there are people who will be willing to trade places with you just like that. People who will be willing to trade places because of what you have. And that's, that's how the Israelites were behaving. You know, they thought that they didn't have the blessing of the Lord. But in the meantime, there was manna. And they kept on complaining. What was manna to begin with? Manna is this. This is how numbers describe manna. The manna looked like small coriander seeds. And it was pale yellow like gum resin. And the people would go out and gather it from the ground. They made flour by grinding it with their hand mills or pounding it in mortars. Then they boiled it in a pot and made it into flat cakes. And these cakes tasted like pastries baked with olive oil. If you like olive oil, you'll like manna. And the manna came down on the camp with the dew during the night. Can you, can you try to imagine this? Picture this with me for a moment. The first time that they saw manna falling from the sky. This is, this is you know sky flakes? Sky flakes? This is sky bread. So it's, it's, it's food coming down from heaven. It's, imagine how amazing that was. You're hungry. You got no food. And then all of a sudden you pray and God sends sky bread into your lap. And that happens every day for 40 years. So by the second year, they started complaining. All we ever see is this manna. Why? What happened? Because the blessing kept on coming. And it kept on coming. And soon that blessing became ordinary. It became common. And here's a word for somebody. It became automatic. Everybody say automatic. 
I remember one time Ethan and I, we were in a public restroom at the mall and he needed to wash his hands. So he goes to the sink. And you know those little sinks that kids can use so that they can reach it? So he, was, he had his hand like this, waiting for the water to come out. And I, 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 I had no idea. And I was waiting and I was observing him, realizing that he did not know that the faucet was not an automatic faucet. And so I waited for a few moments for him to realize. But when I, when I started understanding that he, would, he didn't really realize it, out of my compassion, I say, Ethan, that's not an automatic faucet. That's a manual faucet. You got to turn up the knob for the water to come out so that the water would flow. See, a lot of times we think that just because the blessing keeps on coming and it keeps on coming, that it's automatically something that you're enjoying in your life. And the moment that you, you start behaving like that, you start abusing that blessing because then it keeps on coming. You start taking that for granted. And this is what's happening in this story is that because the manna kept on coming and it kept on coming, they started thinking, I I'm so tired of seeing this manna again and again. So what did they want? They wanted variety. They wanted something else. They wanted meat. They wanted garlic. They wanted leeks. They're like, Lord, pwede bang may palaman naman ngayon? Papinat pater ka naman, pasardinas ka naman. Kung ang, ang Julie's Bakery nga at Pande Manila may, may ibang variety. They started complaining for a blessing because they, they, they were receiving the blessing every day. It became automatic. Here is the pattern of human behavior. When you give somebody a gift, that gift, somebody will show appreciation for that gift, right? But then when you give that same person another gift, that appreciation can become an expectation. They'll start expecting that you, you will give them another gift on their next birthday. But then when you keep giving that person the same gift again and again, that expectation will turn into entitlement. Pretty soon, they're going to start giving away your gift. Why? Because you've, you keep giving them socks every Christmas. You keep giving them that thing every, every, every occasion. So now they don't appreciate the gift anymore. They start giving it out. They start exchanging it. And they start not appreciating anymore. This is the sad reality of people. That's why reject the poison of entitlement. Entitlement happens when you keep on receiving the gift, but you no longer appreciate it. Instead, what do you do? You nurture appreciation. Appreciation is like a plant. You got to water it every day. Because the moment you stop watering it, it dries up and then it dies. Nurture appreciation, my friend. Can you elbow the person beside you and just say, start appreciating things. I remember when we were growing up, you know, my parents were very hardworking and we, we, we had a very good house. My parents had a good job. My mom was in a good business and we, we had a good property. So when we, were, we were, when we were, I think I was about 12 years old and my siblings, we were three in the family, three siblings, and my parents sat us down one, one, one day and they asked us, so because we have such a big garden, we can turn it into something. And then they asked us, what do you want us to build? And unanimously, we all shouted, a swimming pool. And you know, because we were so persistent, our parents built one for us. And I remember that day when we first saw our eyes on that pool. We felt like we were living in a resort. I mean, every day we were swimming in that pool. At least 10 times a day. Our clothes were never dry because of that pool. But you know, as we grew up and as life got busier, something happened. Ask me what? We started using the pool lesser and lesser. Months would go by that we would not use that pool. We would only use that pool whenever friends would come by and whenever there would be visitors. And, you know, that pool just became 
some sort of fixture in our house. And at one point, I, I remember that I even wished that we built a basketball court instead. At that season of my life, what happened? The blessing was just right in front of me that I took it for granted. And you realize that one of the best ways and the easiest ways that you can lose a blessing is if you take it for granted. So look at the person beside you right now. Come on, look at the person beside you. If you love that person, don't take that person for granted. Tell the person beside you, don't take me for granted. Amen. Tell the other person, the one you haven't been talking to, use me or lose me. <laughs> Sounds kind of bad, right? <laughs> but that's really the, the theology of it. If you don't use the blessing, the Bible says that God gives, but God also takes away. That's what happened to Job. So use that blessing. Praise God for that blessing. In fact, think about this. Think about this with me for a moment. What are the things that are in your life right now that you're enjoying in this moment that was once upon a time just a prayer, just a dream? What is that thing? Think about that for a few moments. Is it a business? Maybe some of you here were, were employees and once upon a time you prayed that God would give you a business and now you're an entrepreneur. What is that thing? Maybe once upon a time you prayed to the Lord to be in a relationship and now you're in a great marriage. What is that thing? Maybe once upon a time you prayed to the Lord that you would be out of debt and now you are financially free. What is that thing? Maybe once upon a time you prayed to the Lord that you would be serving in a ministry and now you're a servant. What is that thing? There are things in your life that you enjoy today that once upon a time were just in your novena to God's love. But now it's become a reality. Yes, I know that you might not be as strong. You might not be as smart. You might not be as young. You might not be even as good looking as you once were. But what do you have in your hands right now that God blessed you with? Praise God for that. Praise God for that. Sometimes we tend to focus on things that we do not have, just like Adam and Eve. The one forbidden fruit. And yet they had other fruit trees there. When we focus too much on what we don't have, we start to complain because we think that, hey, the grass is greener on the other side. Not thinking that the grass on the other side is fake. It's just fake grass. It's just an illusion. Here's message number three. I love this message, but I'll read to you the verse first, okay, before I give you message number three. In chapter 11, verse 18, it says, now the Lord will give you meat. This is, this is God's solution. He listened to the prayer and the, and the qualms of the people. He says, now the Lord will give you meat, Moses says, and you will have to eat it. And it won't just be for a day or two or five days or 10 or even 20. God says, you will eat it for a whole month until you gag and are sick of it. For you have rejected the Lord who is here among you and who have whined to him saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? Here is message number three. And I pray that this preaches to you. Message number three is this. Not every blessing or not every answered prayer is a blessing. You believe that? Not every answered prayer that God gives to you is a blessing. And I'll tell you a story. In my first relationship... I was 21 years old. My very first serious relationship. I, uh, I met this girl and, you know, we hit it off. We were a good match. You know, we, 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 we were compatible. I was a simple guy. She was a simple girl. She was a homebody. I was a homebody. I loved doing simple things. and We were just you know, com compatible. We, we complemented each other. And, and we, we lasted for about three years because 
on the third year. You know how relationships are. Married people will get this. And if you've been in a long relationship, after a while, it becomes common. It becomes ordinary because you know the person already. You know, you know the person like the back of your hand. If you've been together, like, like Louis and Irish have been together for so long. They know each other. You know, they know their habits. They know, they know everything about each other. And so that's what happened. After three years, it got boring. It became common. And so I started thinking, you know, my mind plays tricks on us sometimes. I started thinking because there was this unfinished business with another girl prior to that relationship. And then I kept on thinking the what ifs. What if this other girl was my girlfriend? And what if this thing worked out between me and her? And I was in that relationship with that girl. The very first girlfriend. So I did the hard thing. The most difficult thing was to be honest with that person. I talked to her and I told her about what I was going through. And we ended up breaking up. And so now I was, I was free. I was free. So I talked to that other girl, and she felt the same way about me. Praise God. But you know, something happened. Two months into that new relationship, I realized that it wasn't the same as the other girl that I was with. And so it did not work out. That was the ending. And by that time, I was going back to that previous relationship, and too bad that that girl had already moved on from me. And that's when you realize that sometimes God would answer a prayer of yours because you wanted it so much. I want to go back to Egypt and then God, I want, to, I want other variety and then God would give you that, that, that answer only to realize that it's not really a blessing but it's actually a lesson. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That not every answered prayer that God answers is a blessing. Because the reason why God would even do that to answer you with, the, with, 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 with that kind of way is because He wants you to realize that you have been foolish so that you can repent from your ways. Because if God would never allow you to experience that hardship, you would think that it's all about you. And I, I want to say this to every married person here. All the married people, raise your hand. You know, the one lesson that I learned is that not every illusion is a blessing. Sometimes there's, there's an illusion staring at you in the face and you think that this is going to be better than my relationship right now. But what you really don't know is that that's really just an illusion. Because maybe you're fighting with your spouse right now and you're thinking that there's somebody else who would treat me better. But then when you're in that other garden, you realize that it's not really the right garden for you. So stick with the garden that God gave you and then work on that garden. Amen. Don't fall for the illusion that the enemy will trap you and show you good things because sometimes that's really what it is. It's an illusion. And we fall for things like that and we start to complain about all these things and that's where we are. And, and you know, if I, if I go all the way forward to another story in the Bible of when two people also complained, Didoy said that this is not the first time they complained, but over the history and the course of the Bible, there are many people who also complained. There's a parable that Jesus said about two brothers. The first one who complained, he was the prodigal son. He complained because he wanted the inheritance early. He said, Father, if you can give me my inheritance, you know, so I can spend it already. And you know what the father did? The father listened to that son. He gave the money. He gave the inheritance. So he walked away from the father's house. But because he was so mismanaged in his mind and in his heart, he spent the money poorly. And he ended up broke. He ended up as a servant who couldn't even have food. 
And I want you to think about that for a moment. We are talking about a food problem. Just like the Israelites are having, it's a food problem. I want something else. I want something more. This manna is not enough. All we ever see is this manna. And now the son is undergoing another food problem. He can't eat. He doesn't have any more money. So now he's living with the pigs. And that's when he remembers, wait a minute. My dad is rich. If I go back to my dad, if I serve him, even if I'm a servant, at least I get to eat in the kitchen. Even if it's just the spoils of the people, even if it's just the spoils of my family. So what he does is that he makes his way back to his home. And you know the rest of the story. Once the dad sees him, the dad comes running. And then what did the dad do? It says in the book of Luke, the dad says, we must celebrate with a what? With a feast. For the son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. So now the food problem is solved. There's a feast. There's more than enough food. But in the meantime, something was happening. While the party was going on, there's another person that was complaining. Who? The older brother. Dad, si Bunso, naglayas. Kinuha na yung mana. Inubos yung mana. Ngayon, bumalik. Magpa-party tayo? Nandito ako nakatira? Pero wala kang pang lechon? Para sa akin? What in the world? I mean, that's how we behave. Right? We complain about people because we think that they, 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 they got one over us. But what this older brother is forgetting is that yes, that's true. The father had a party. He had a feast for the younger brother because what was lost has now been found. But what he failed to realize is that all his life, he had been living under the roof of the father's house. Everything in the storage, everything in the refrigerator, everything in the party, he had access to. But why was he complaining? Because the other brother was now having a party. And he thought that just because he never had a party... Just because God never threw a party for you, it doesn't mean that God's not blessing you. But God has been loving you every day. You just don't see it. There's another group of people in the Bible, in the Old Testament, who also complained. It was Aaron and Miriam. They were the brother and the sister of Moses. They were complaining because of this. They said, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord only spoken through Moses? Hasn't he spoken to us too? They were complaining that God was only using Moses. But what they failed to realize was, hey, Aaron was the high priest. Miriam was also the priestess. Because sometimes we're so occupied with the way God is blessing other people that we don't actually see the blessings that God is giving to you. Amen? God is blessing you. God has favored you. God loves you. Who is this message for? God favors you. God is blessing you. God loves you. You agree with me? Okay, if you agree with me, stand up. Since the very beginning of their complaints, it's always been about the food. It's a food problem. Everybody says food problem. 
first year, they were going hungry. And so they prayed for food. But then they complained still. Second year, they started complaining about the food because the food was not as, as unique. It didn't have many varieties, so they were now complaining about food. All our life, we always complain about food. Because why? It's about our hunger, our hunger for more. God will bless you one way. But when God will keep blessing you that way again and again and again, there will come a point where you will say, Lord, Ibanaman, I need another thing. I need a new thing. So you start looking for other things. You're in the garden. But then the garden is never enough for us. We want to go to another garden because we believe that that other garden has more fruits. Or we want to take from that garden, of that, that tree, from that, with that forbidden fruit because we want what we cannot have. So in the brilliance of God, because it's always been a food problem. How did God solve the food problem? How did God solve the food crisis? You want to know how? He sent down food. Not in the form of manna. Not in the form of sky bread or sky flakes or whatever you call it. parang. <laughs> God sent living bread. Sent down Jesus as a form of manna. And I know that because it says, Jesus says this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, whoever comes to him, will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in him will never be thirsty again the food crisis in this world is not going to be solved by just bread that you would consume or material things but it can only be solved by Jesus because he came so that we would have life and we would have life to the full so whenever you partake in that meal you ever have those moments when you don't have the best of everything but you feel like you're enough. You've got enough. Because Jesus is with you. And because Jesus is with you, you're happy. And you've got joy. And you're satisfied. That's, that's what I mean. That's what Jesus means. That you can be walking in the wilderness and you're going hungry. But then you've got Jesus. The Word made flesh. The bread of life. So when you consume Him, when you, when you partake, no, no wonder... That when Jesus came, He started dining with sinners. He started dying and dining with outcasts. He started doing life with the rejects and, and the backsliders. Because it's a message that tells us that I'm not just for the upright. I'm not just for the holy. I'm not just for those people who are doing right by me. But I'm also for people who are backsliding. I'm also people who are having a, hard, a difficult time with their life. In other words, Jesus was saying, I'm from, for everybody. Whoever wants a meal, I am their meal. I am the greatest feast that they can ever have. And so when you walk into the kingdom of Jesus, He's the feast. The feast of love. The feast that you partake in. And He's here. He's here. And I want you to, for a few moments to do this with me. Whatever you're hungry for. You're hungry for material things. You're hungry for needs. 
You've got needs, I've got needs. But I want you to think about this for a few moments. When Jesus walked into the wilderness, into the desert, He was in the wilderness for 40 days. What did the first thing that the devil tempted Him with? Tempted Him with material things. With, with bread, with glory, with victory, with power. But Jesus was able to say no. Here's what you got to do. I want you to know that Jesus knows what you need. But so does the devil. And what you're hungry for is that if you're not careful, the devil will present to you your needs because he knows what you need. So if you don't know what you need, maybe some of you are hungry for affirmation. Maybe some of you are hungry for love. Maybe some of you are hungry for material things. Maybe some of you are hungry for compliments. Maybe some of you are hungry for attention. If you don't present that to Jesus first, the devil will be the one to present that to you. And he will present it as a weakness so that you will follow after him. But Jesus doesn't want that. So in this moment, I want you to present to Jesus, your King, your Savior. What are you hungry for? That's in your belly that only he can give. What is that thing? Close your eyes right now. What are you hungry for that Jesus could be the only one that can give that to you? Jesus, here it is. Here's our desire. Here's our wants. Here's our needs. Here's our insecurity. We present it to you so that the enemy can never use this against us. And we lay it at the foot of your cross. Relinquish it to you. Because you, we know that you are the source of all our needs. And you will be the one to bless us. You will be the one to love us. Not anybody. Only you. And today we declare, Jesus, that we are blessed. We don't have a need to complain because we are blessed. We are favored. Say that out loud. I am blessed. I am favored. I am loved by God. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.